Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to All Stats, Aren't We? A podcast in which Leeds fans cast their combined eye over goings on at Ellen Road, giving scrutiny to the underlying statistics and tactical footings at work at Leeds United. I'm Tom Olsen, and I'm joined today by Tom Hostikundel and Martin Riley. Martin, how are you doing, mate? I'm doing good. I'm glad to have you back on the pod. We've not had you since before Christmas. How are you doing, more importantly? How's Christmas? Yeah, it was good, thank you. Rather uneventful, but yeah, I think this is my first pod in... Probably over a month, I did the commentary interview um, before Christmas, and that that interview was so long that I decided I needed a month off afterwards. So um, uh, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. I've been watch. I've actually been quite good at watching games for a change, uh, rather than sort of part time in it as I did as parts part earlier in the season. So yeah, looking forward to talk about Leeds again with you guys. Hosty, what about you? How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Um, I've just had a uh, kind of like spicy chicken arabiata sort of thing with pasta for tea and so feeling nicely fueled. Uh, yeah, looking forward to getting into it. I've not done a preview for a long, long time. I don't think since Huddersfield Town at home. Uh, I think oh, that was wow. the last preview I did. I did the interview for that basically. Um, and then rest I've just reviewed because basically through November and December, like, like you just said, told her I was very bad at watching games. So I was just kind of like, if I can watch one, then I'll review it, but I don't feel comfortable previewing. What have you been eating then, Martin? Go on, let the fans know what they're, what they're waiting for. Well, yeah, that's the main thing, really. That's what we're here to talk about. Um, yeah. I had some some Mexican-style chicken wraps with um, just a load of salad. It, it was quite healthy because um, me, me and the missus are kind of on a bit of a health kick. The missus more than me. Um, but, yeah, it's, <laughs> it, it, was, it was tasty, though. It was um, lots of nice chicken and not plain old chicken. I, I had some nice spicy sauce on there as well so yeah it was a nice meal i enjoyed it yeah i had a uh, meatballs with pasta very very simple for tea but very, very nice they were like homemade meatballs so it was nice. good oh nice um on the running order we've got no news but i did see on twitter before yeah, we is, got in that diego lorente is, is linked with psg so that has to be news right yes oh, that, that... i mean that's not the news that i was talking about oh no i was talking about kunta mezikov has joined lincoln city Redimps. For those of you who don't know who that is, that is Gibraltar's best football team. I do know of both both Kuntemenikov and Lincoln Redimps. 
and I've heard of of them. It's quite a hilarious bit of transfer news, but I think it's more person to lead about Diego and potentially. Yes, yeah. That, if, you, like, if you say so, yeah. That's been linked to by a decent, reputable source as well, right? Uh, Quip, yeah. I think it was. Uh, Le Keep, but yeah. Le Keep. Whether you pronounce it, I will, I will take your word for it. I'm no good at pronunciation. I'm happy to call it Le Quip for the rest of my life. Yeah. <laughs> I won't be able to unhear that now. Like, kind, <laughs> kind of like Cool Quip. Yeah. It is. It is. I'll take that on my chin. I deserve mockery for that. But I, I'd say, fair play to his agent, that is failing upwards. Like You go from Leeds, you play bad, there's no getting around it. You go to Roma, you play all right there, I don't know. I think not, he played not... bad at the start as well, didn't he? I think he yeah. was getting hooked after like 17 minutes by, by Mourinho. Yeah, and then you end up at PSG, so fair play to him. He's, at least he's lived in some great cities there as well. Mm, he has. Leeds are best one, of course. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I think the other news is, I think with the links to some centre-backs today, that maybe Strauch's injury is a bit worse than we feared. Has anyone else seen anything on that? I know that we were linked with Chris Meppen, but I'm just assuming that there's some agent or source out there that's going Leeds to try and assign every Welsh player in that's in the Championship or Premier League. So I'm kind of taking them with a pinch of salt right now. Me too. I mean, Coop, Coop was on the bench against Peterborough, wasn't he? So... If it's not the end, that like a couple of weeks ago, that might have been an issue. But at least we've got someone to come in if we need if we need them. Yeah, and I think this is the first podcast since the Peterborough game as well. So I don't know how we can't talk about Patrick Bamford's goal. Like how is how is that not top of the news? Someone hasn't listened to the bonus pod. Well, this is a not a Patreon pod, is it? So. <laughs> <laughs> for the break, okay. Well, well, do give us a quick summary then of your guys' thoughts for people that aren't Patreon listeners. And like people like me who haven't listened to that podcast yet. Oh, we we just basically said that it was fantastic and everyone should watch it a thousand times. Fair enough. Good summary. I'm happy to move on. <laughs> yeah, that, I would say it's possibly the best Leeds goal for a long time. Um, I think it probably surpasses Dukara's goal. I was in two minds whether to put Dukara a little bit ahead of it due to the sheer violence of Dukara's strike. Yeah. But just look, the more I've watched Bamford's goal and the other angle which came out, the one from... That that one from like the Leeds goal end is like yeah, yeah. actually makes it better somehow. Yeah, like. the fact of like the height that he gets in the jump to control it, um, which obviously completely throws off the defender, and he doesn't even look at the goal ever. He just hits nah. it, and that's that. That for me is like what makes it incredible is that he's just like jumped about a foot in the air, controlled it on his chest, and then just turned, no bounce, and just gone. Yeah, basically, um, if Dan would ask if I could swear, he'd, he'd ask if he could swear, but I'm, he just thought, fuck it. Yeah, yeah. He did. I think it was. Wasn't there somewhere for like an interview afterwards that he'd he didn't realize until after he'd shot that the defender had slipped. So like he was just like, oh, I probably should have just taken the ball, put it down, and gone, gone for a goal. But it's all right. It works out at the end, isn't it? No, I'd, I think that's probably the best Leeds goal I can think of in my time supporting Leeds. The Takara. I was actually there for the Takara uh, one. So I maybe I like uh, that one. Bradley John Bradley Johnson's one against Arsenal in the FA Cup. Oh yeah, when we lost three one. Yeah. Was pretty good. Uh, mainly, yeah. The best thing about that one that I remember is that I looked in the south stand first before realizing they had actually gone into the net. <laughs> so surprising. Yeah, that was good. Also, Ailing's volley is up there as well. Oh uh, yeah, the Huddersfield one that was good. But I still think Bamford's passes all over. I think the only ones which come close of the lead goals I've seen is the. Um, Tony Boa goals from back in the day. Those, those are the that ones one. I can think of which surpass that because it's just the technique to, to hit it first time and the way he catches it and just, it just the curve of the ball as it, as it goes into the far corner is just beautiful. It's just great. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
yeah, well, I'm going to go away and watch that another thousand times now. I have to talk <laughs> about it. Let's It'll move on to the... Pr- oh, it does. Don't you worry. Uh, well, let's move on to talking about um, the game at the weekend then. So we're here today to talk about the upcoming, upcoming fixture against Cardiff City, who we played on the first game of the season, So, which feels like a long time ago now. So let's start with the opposition analysis as usual. So... Martin, do you want to take us through their recent results and form and just let us know if anything's changed recently in the world of Cardiff City? Yeah, well, looking at the recent fixtures, it's a bit of a mixed bag. Uh, in the past 10 games, they've had four wins, five draws, and oh, sorry, five losses even, and one draw. Uh, so yeah, very mixed results. Uh, one win followed by two losses, one win followed by two losses, then a win, draw, loss, win. So yeah, they're a bit all over the place um, when it comes to fixtures. Yeah, one thing to take of note of that is that three of those wins have come away from home, and obviously they we're at Ellen Road this weekend, um, are we? Yes. No, we were. It's yeah. the first game of the season was at Ellen Road. It's away. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, they've only got one of those wins in the last ten at home. Um, so yeah, that shows. But they've also got a draw. But yeah, I guess maybe their home form isn't working out for them at the moment. Yeah, and we're we're great away, so that should just be fine. No problems. And yeah, the podcast, be absolutely no issues. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Martin, do you want to talk to us about their in-possession play then? Yeah, uh, so what I saw, that the game that I watched was um, the most recent one against QPR, and they're set up in a 4-3-3 system, and there's kind of a mix between direct play and in-possession build-up from the game I saw. I mean, there were times when they were trying to pass it along the ground and get the ball through the flanks that way, um, but then there was also other times where they'd be impressed a bit by QPR, where they were comfortable enough to go along and try to get the ball to the to their big guys up front because they have a couple of big guys who have been playing recently up front uh, including a six foot six target man um, called Etete who is a terrifying prospect but some data will go through a bit later on uh, but yes they're mainly a, a team would like to get the ball to the flanks and put in crosses with that big guy in mind to try to get get there quickly but I think they are very capable of playing a few a few different ways and quite changeable in the way their style looks the, 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 I didn't see anything which really impressed me uh, in the game I watched but it's hard to impress when, with some, some of the players are not that great in deeper areas I think so I think they've done he's done quite a good well as uh, as the new manager Bullut in getting a decent style I'm really trying to make them possess the ball when they are capable because they have some games where they have 60 percent possession then other games where they have 30 percent possession so it's highly changeable depending on the opposition who they play so i would expect them to be re- relatively direct against us um i wouldn't expect them to try to do too much with the ball because when they were pressed by qpr they did look quite shaky when they were pressed so that would explain why they decided to go long instead. So yeah, that's what I would expect against us specifically. I wasn't able to find a game which would be a good parallel against us. I wanted to get their game against Leicester, but I couldn't find that. It's one of their more recent games as well, which would have been good, but I couldn't find full, a full 90 of it. But they did lose quite handily against Leicester. Uh, they put up 0.4 XG and Leicester put up 1.7 and lost, lost 2-0. So pretty convincing win by Leicester. And Leicester style is is probably a bit more possession focused than us. But they were able to get the job done. Let's hope that we can do the same. Yeah, I remember when the th- what first game of the season when we had nothing to go on on Cardiff that we me and you spent our Saturday nights watching Erebula's Turkish teams, and uh, we said his Cardiff team are missing a big lump up front. So it's great for them to know that they've got that now, and uh, can look forward to seeing him on Saturday. I think I think from 
what little I've seen of Cardiff, I'd, it's I think they're quite opposition dependent in the way they set up. I don't know if it's just a lack of quality, which means they have to they can't like impose themselves on a the team. Or Bullock's just like, well, I'll I'll try this for this game and try this for this game. But I think it's difficult to say what exactly it is that they're going to do against us. With that, like you said, that seeing that Leicester game or the Southampton game a few weeks ago would have been a good marker to see how they approach that one, or if they were just run over in that one. What about the out-of-possession stuff then, Martin? Well, against QPR, they were relatively aggressive in their press. Uh, they had a, it's kind of like a, the 4 free free change into more of a, it looked like a 4-2-4 four, four when they were pressing high. They would have four men in the, in the opposition half pressing relatively high. And one of the men who would join the forward line would be one of the midfielders. Um, I think it was Hundle. I think if I'm saying that, if I'm remembering the name correctly. No, Wintle. I knew it was close. I knew it had the tull at the end. Wintle, that's it. So Ryan Wintle would join up in the mid, in the press alongside Atete and stood sort of sticking in the centre when the opposition had the ball in the centre and press when it went, went to the flanks. So it was um, the trigger is when it gets to the fullbacks, they would press and try to win the ball, or if there's any loose touches. So, so yeah, it was a relatively aggressive press. But then look, when I looked at some of the, their numbers for the re- for the rest of the season, it, it was it told a completely different story to that. To be honest, uh, their passes per defensive interaction PPDA was is one of the highest in the league, uh, second highest. So that that says to me that they usually don't press that much. And it was just because it was against a QPR, who was a team of similar nature to them, that they felt that they could press a bit higher. So that, to me, would say that although Bullet would probably prefer to press more often, he is aware of the deficiencies that his squad has got, so he doesn't want to do it against teams who would be able to play through the press that he's able to put into place with the team at his disposal. So I don't, I don't expect them to be relatively pressy against us. At most, a mid-block, I'd say, that will probably go for against us. Hosty, which players do we need to look out for then? Obviously the big lump, um, Atete, as has been mentioned, and in the next bit we'll get into why that is. But yeah, I think him and I, I would have probably said Aaron Ramsey as well, but he's apparently injured for, or possibly injured for this game. Um, the rest of Cardiff's players aren't really anyone I think to scream home about. I mean, obviously the right back, uh, I think it's pronounced uh, Ng, um, he has been in the championship team of the week seemingly every week and I've kind of made the jibe and joke that it's just because he's short on character so it's easy to type but um so he he must he must be doing something something right like I said I've not (laughs) yeah it just makes the graphic a bit easier when you've got a few few more um obviously Joe Rawls does cause us issues he seems to do quite often when he plays against Leeds I don't think he does that against many other teams but he seems to always pop up with something and against us and uh I didn't notice that they'd signed Josh Bowler, actually, either. I'm guessing that's who the left winger is that we've got on here, who might play instead of Mate. And uh, he was obviously expected to be half decent at one point. I think he's just kind of like a good championship winger. But I guess on his day, he can be a really good championship winger. And that's kind of what, what got him a move initially. Um, so, yeah, I guess I guess they're the sort of players to look out for. I, I, like I said, I don't, don't know much else about any players who might have bad days and we might be able to exploit. I, I'm assuming mine might have a better idea. Yeah, well, uh, regards to the players, there's not. I didn't really see, see too much specific that we could exploit, but I would say that the weaker side of their fullbacks probably is the left back side. I think Perry Young, Perry Young, the right back, is a is a relatively good defender, and he it can do well in in one v one duels. So I would think the better side to attack would be the left hand side, which I believe is Collins. 
who's on the left. So that would probably decide that, that I think will be more prone to be attacked. But without wingers, I don't, I don't think it should really matter too much. I don't see anyone there who should force our, our attackers too many issues when it comes to attacking. And going the other way, they've got a couple of good level championship players, Joe Rawls and Ryan Wintle are both decent for this level, but nothing which should worry us too much. And then I've got some injuries in, in more attacking areas. Manzi, who you already mentioned, is injured. And also Carlin Grant, who's another experienced championship player, is also injured at the moment. Um, at least they were in the previous games. I checked that things may have changed since then. So if Carlin Grant does end up playing, or then don't blame me. I haven't seen the most recent press conference. Um, but yes, that's about it I can really say about their players. Hosty, what does the data say about Cardiff's season so far then? So yeah, as as we mentioned regarding uh, Atete being the big lump danger, one of the key things that sticks out from Cardiff City's data this season is that they have uh, XG of performance from set plays of, I think it's around about eight and a half goals. So I think they've put up 6.48 XG or something like that from set plays and they've scored 15 goals um, compared to around about 18 XG from open play and uh, 14 goals from there. So they obviously underperform quite heavily on that side. And then, um, yeah, I guess, so for us, that's a big danger. The set, we've got to try and make sure that we're not conceding corners, not conceding free kicks. Um, I think alongside Atete, who is, I think, six foot six, I think Martin was saying before uh, we started recording, they've got an, a few centre backs that are six foot three. So they've got like quite a few dangerous players from that area. So I think the data kind of obviously shows that. We should be looking out to try and not limit that, to try and limit set players in that way. Anything you want to add to that, Martin? I think that's the main interesting thing that I noticed in the stats. Uh, there's nothing too special to note about their open play XG. Um, they've they've cre- created the seventh lowest and underperformed that, scoring 14 goals from 18.86 XG. So not great from 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 open play, but obviously a massive overperformance when it comes to set play XG. So that's definitely the area where I would say they will look to attackers, they will look to try to get set pieces and use their big boys to make something happen. And as Lee fans know, we do have a bit of a historical problem with set pieces. At times this season, it's not been as bad, but against certain teams who will focus on set plays more. And also it wouldn't surprise me if Adif have someone who can chuck a ball long so it would be also throw-ins that we will probably have to worry about because I think every championship side who focuses on set pieces would use a long thrower as well. It's be someone who can chuck the ball long. But yeah, so that, I think that's the main interesting thing that, that I noticed from the data as well. Yeah, I guess the other interesting thing that I've just remembered as we were talking regarding their play style out of possession, and you mentioned obviously their pass passes per defensive action is, is the second lowest in the league, um, point. 17 and that's 0.2 behind Rotherham uh, but then what's really weird is that their high turnovers are 10th in the league with 187 uh, but then of those 187 there's only 24 that are shot ending which is the joint fourth lowest in the league and then they've not scored one from those high turnovers so it, it's like you said it's kind of a I think Toldo you you called it right of that maybe this is because they maybe tailor um, how they set up depending on the opposition and so it's possible that obviously a lot of those high turnovers just happened in, in, in one game, potentially all happened in two or three games. They just 
really went for it in, in some of those games and uh, obviously not, nothing came from it. But then in other games, they've really kind of sat off um, and allowed the team to play around play around sort of thing with in the mid-block or deep block that they might be in. I think from memory, when we watched his Turkish teams, Martin, and correct me if I'm wrong, they were, they were fairly pressy, but I'd think so maybe that's like his preferred approach but he just hasn't got the players to do that yet yeah that, that that's correct I, rem- I remember the same thing from watching his turkish side as well they were well, i think we said the turkish jesse marsh didn't we uh, yeah as a, as a joke um but yeah i think that is probably his preferred approach and if he had the players who were capable of doing that i think that's probably what he would be doing but or maybe he's tried it in certain games and it didn't really work that well so he's realized that he had to adapt his system, which is is good, it's good to see from a manager who don't stick to principles even when they aren't working. <laughs> Jesse Marsh, um, but yes, can't wait to see his masterclass. <laughs> oh yeah, that's been fun. I'm gonna enjoy that. I just want, I just want John to get him on on the T4 podcast. That would be fantastic. Um, I don't think John would do it though. I did notice that the the, the picture they put on Twitter. Like they're only showing half the board, but I don't know. I guess we'll find out when. Well, if any of you watch the video, because I'm definitely not doing that. Um, the last thing I'll note on data about Cardiff is um, we talked about their recent results earlier, but I've just had a quick look through the XG on those ten recent results as well, and they've they've only won the XG battle once in those games, and it was 0.8 to 0.5 against Preston, um, and then the other one there's only one draw in that as well, which was a 1.2. XG draw against Plymouth and then all the others were losses so and I think they've only produced above one XG once and that was against Plymouth so it's not scary numbers at all it's quite encouraging numbers if anything from those last 10 games but set pieces yeah I was just about to say set pieces I think they've just got a few players who are really good at, head- at heading a ball and so that's going to be the area that they will definitely focus on because some players can turn really goals which are historically very low scored efforts into better than what they are and I think that's something which this side seems to have at least so far in the season Final bit on Cardiff then so Martin do you want to take us through a predicted lineup? Yeah uh, this is mainly a guess on some areas the client seems pretty steady uh, they've had an uh, Anwick in goal uh, Perry Ung at right back Gautas and McGuinness centre back Collins at left back then in midfield, they've been having Siopis in the deepest of the midfield roles. Then ahead of him with Rawls and Wintle. And then I think the attacking line will be some combination rather of Colwell um, on one side and either Bowler or Mete on the, on the other side. And then up front will be Etete. I've gone, I've gone with 4-3-3 with three, three in for this lineup because that's the most recent one they've been using. But most of the season have been 4-2-3-1. However... In the opening game against us, they played a 3-4-3. It's the only game this season they've played a 3-4-3. So it would not surprise me if they do decide to go for 3-4-3 because it was relatively effective at the start of the season. So that wouldn't surprise me, especially with some of the difficulties we've had with breaking down three at the back formations recently. It wouldn't surprise me if they did go for 3-4-3 in this game to try to cause us more problems. Maybe that was a tactic specifically for Lewis in Estera. So you never, you never know. It's possible. <laughs> cool. Um, I think that brings the end to the Cardiff analysis then, unless anyone's got anything else they want to add. Nope. Cool. Before we move on to the lead analysis, we're going to go for a quick ad break. But first, I'll talk a little bit more about our patron. And if you are a patron already, don't worry, you don't have to listen to this bit. 
Patreon is a media platform where you can support content creators you enjoy and you get extra content in return. Our patrons get access for as little as £1.99 per month, which gives you ad-free podcasts, and if you want to pay a little bit more, you get other benefits including early access to our preview pods, such as this one that you're listening to now, analysis, articles, videos, and other bonus podcasts. The more people we get signed up, the more we can afford to have, uh, the more we can afford, and we can get opposition fans on the pod to improve our previews, and we can do other bonus podcasts as well, like I said. Um... Does one of you want to talk through the podcast you did a couple of days ago that I haven't listened to yet? <laughs> yeah, so the, so we, me and Hostie had a good chat about a couple of issues we've, we've been having with open play chance creation. So we went through a lot of the reasons why we think are possible reasons why we could have been struggling in this period around Christmas as to why during that five-game period but we did create so little um, XG from open play. We did create some from set pieces, but we were very much struggling to create in open play. And so we hadn't really had that issue earlier in the season. We've relatively been quite strong. So it was quite weird that it happened over a five-game period. So we wanted to talk a bit more about that. And then the second part of the pod is mainly about about January and what profiles we think could help with some of those issues and what other profiles the squad needs in general. Along with some limitations of what January brings in a transfer window for what we think Leeds United might have. Well, the stuff I'm actually planning to listen to that tomorrow, so I'm looking forward to that one. But if you want to listen to that or just find out more about our Patreon, then Martin, where do they need to visit? Patreon.com forward slash ASAW Patreon. Excellent. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewellery from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Let's get back to the analysis then. So we'll talk about how Leeds might approach this game. So, Hosty, um, any injuries about this game? If we did kind of mention one in the news, didn't we? Yeah, I think obviously we mentioned that Pascal Strauchs might be worse, but without uh, worse than first thought. But without uh, the without Daniel Farker's press conference, it's going to be pretty pretty tough to say if there's been any new injuries. I guess the only thing is obviously we won't, we definitely won't have Spence, so. Or not even on the bench. No, no, he might never be in the same country. So, um, exactly, Martin. How do you think Leeds will approach this game in possession then, or and do you expect anything different from what we normally see from Leeds? I think it will probably be quite similar to what we've been seeing for most of the season. Uh, I, can't, I can't see there be any dif- any difference. Um, probably both in possession and out of possession. I think will probably be relatively similar. Uh, either away from home, so uh, we'll expect us to still dominate the ball even away. And there have been some games where Cardiff has have possessed the ball more, but it's not been against the top side like we are. 
So I, I don't expect kind of two moments of all well against us. And regards to the, I'll, I'll move on to the out of possession as well while I'm at it because also not a right lot different. The main thing will be to look a little bit left petty away from home like we usually are, but not a whole lot different and maybe even a little bit messier because of what I think is the difference in style between the two sides. Hostu, would you agree on the out of possession side of that? Yeah, and I guess like the only bit that could be slightly different is um, for in possession is uh, if we do go back with Bamford again starting potentially, um, I think he brings that bit of difference that we can get from hold up play. Uh, higher up in the pitch and battling against centre-backs and stretching the defence in a different way, um, which I think we saw against Birmingham and I, I didn't see the Peterborough game, so and I don't know how much you can take from that. But yeah, I wonder if like there's there's a slight change of when, when we do have Bamford that we can just create in possession a little bit differently. Yeah, and he's got that long shot threat as well, hasn't he? So they've got to, yeah, they've got exactly. to look out for that one. Yeah. Hostia, is there a player you can see having a big impact on the outcome of this game from Leeds? And as always, this could be good or bad. I think the one which I'm worried about only because of the set pieces is potentially, depending on what happens at, uh, with with the defence, who we do line up with at left-back and right-back, uh, whoever, whoever's available. Don't think Byram's going to be back for this game. Um, and yeah, that means that Gray's probably going to be up against kind of like, or having to mark some big tall guys at... Uh, from corners, and we've seen that he's not exactly maybe the best underneath. When we look at the Coventry goal that we conceded, um, he was obviously a little bit weak there. And yeah, so I guess that that's something which could be an impact bad for for Leeds. But I know that in possession he'll be fine and that sort of thing. I'm not worried about that. I'm just worried that set piece and how we'll defend that with the profiles that we've got, I guess. Yeah, the the, the one when we were doing the Cardiff um analysis and you talked about their left winger whose name currently escapes me then um and when he said he was Baller like and yeah yeah um when you said that they're both like higher level championship wingers i was just completely taken back to the preston game i think i'm just like scarred from driving to preston on boxing day and oh, watching archie gray yeah. be taken sorry, apart the, so. sorry i thought you said you had a good christmas yeah <laughs> it was good until christmas was done um but yeah it was like that that just took me back so i was a bit concerned about that but with them we're seeing gray Whilst he looked like he was gonna, he was struggling with Jack Clark. Deal with him pretty much fine for the rest of the game. So I don't know. It's, it's just it's something that's always in the back of our mind after those run of games we saw in December. Um, Martin, is there anyone you might um, think have a big impact on this game from a lead side? I think Gerard Rodon will definitely have a big part to play in this, especially with a big guy up front. He's going to have his hands full with Atete and we know that Roden is good in the air but he's given up quite a few inches over this this guy so that's definitely going to be something which will could be an issue for us for any centre-back really who is giving up that much height on someone it can be it can be very difficult but I would I would back Roden to do well against him um, he, he, I think he probably will be better off, off against more physical strikers which is what Atete definitely is and he's the one who will think defensively at least that we have to make sure that we have a good game. If yeah, he has a good game, I think we'll do quite well. And whoever is partnering him, same with Cooper. To be fair, he also does relatively well against physical defenders. We have to be know his shortcomings when it comes to pace, but he generally does do a good job at getting a hold of centre backs. And considering we don't have VAR in the league, he won't be giving away any penalties. Shirt pulling, <laughs> at least at least not as often anyway. 
this is where now Liam Cooper gives away a penalty for sure, yeah. pulling from like a set piece. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Bet, bet on it now, Leeds fan. If, if you're able to bet yeah. on a Liam Cooper penalty giveaway with a shirt pull, then do it and thank me later. Uh, we're also yeah. not promoting. We're not promoting. We don't gambling, promote gambling. Obviously, says if you, you do not, if you do not, if you do not want to bet, don't bet. Uh, that <laughs> yeah. is at your own risk. Yes, exactly. We do not promote gambling. And regards to the more attacking side of things, uh, if Bamford does play, I think he'll be quite important in, in, in this game, especially if they have a back three system, because we'll need to be able to pull their centre-backs around to create space for our other players to work in. So he will be very important to, to this one. And obviously, my boy, Georgi Rutter, will always be important to the way we play. And if he, if, if he does well, we generally do do well as a home. I've, I think... Um... It's a shame if Strauch doesn't play this one because I think from what from this season he's been really good aerially. Um, so I think he would have dealt with a, a massive lump up from very well. But yeah, I think Cooper, if he comes in and plays, um, he will probably be okay. Uh, but it's one it's one of his strengths, let's say. I think uh, I would agree. I think Ruter has quite a big part to play in this one because I just think his ability to he's he's not like a proper creative player, but like he can. He's the one that you'd back to unlock a defence out of the Leeds team. So if we do see them sitting deep, then he'll be the one that you think will probably do it. And just while on Ruta, if you haven't checked out the um, chart that we put out on our Twitter today, then go and check that out because it's just like it's literally just like a full pizza chart where the the whole thing is just a circle, which I've never seen before. So just go and check it out because it's it's mad. Host, did you want to give us a predicted lineup for this one then? Um, are we? I guess one talking point which we haven't touched on is obviously he's kept three clean sheets, uh, two clean sheets. So do we think there's a potential for Clarsen to start or is Mez coming straight back in? I'm assuming Mez is coming straight back in. Um, but I guess it, it's, it's kind of a half topic of, of discussion that, you know, he might, he might not, but I'm imagining that he, he will. Um, I think Melier comes straight back in. I think like, I think the Clarsen yeah. thing is, whilst he's been fine, I think it's a bit overblown because he's had, some pretty easy he's games. He's nothing to do. He's nothing yeah. to do. Like he's caught a ball, which Leeds fans seem to really like people catching balls. Um, so yeah, I think Miller comes back in. He's a much better keeper than Clarsen. It's not even a debate for me. Yeah, agree. I agree. Yep. J- just, just one. Uh, I've just seen like some people kind of say it on say it on Twitter. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Melier, Archie Gray, and then Rodon Rodon and Cooper. Uh, probably if we're saying that Strauch's injured, uh, we're probably going to see Furpo at left back, I'm imagining. And then Ampadu, Kamara, Somerville and James on the wings. And I think we're going to go with, I think we're going to go with Bamford and Ruter again as your nine and your 10. Um, I think at the moment that's working quite well. I think like Ruter's doing really well, obviously in that, in that role as well with the way he performed against Birmingham. And I think it's worth giving him a shot against a higher ranked team that isn't obviously one of the, like, like we've said, we're not entirely sure what sort of team Cardiff are. Uh, they're, they're obviously ninth, so they're, they're not doing terrible, but we played him, we, we tried him there against one of the lower ranked teams in Birmingham. So just build it up. You know, it's not like we're playing Leicester, so we don't have to risk it in that way. So yeah, I think, I think I'd go Bamford and, and Rutter for the nine and 10. I, I would as well. I think if you've got a confident Bamford, I think you play him. Um, Especially against a team that's whilst they're sort of mid mid-ish in the table, you we should be beating comfortably. Yeah. But I think a lot of people have been saying with Pirro this year that we kind of want to see him as more like a 
horses for courses approach to him rather than playing him every game because there are games that suit him and games that won't and there's games that suit Bamford and there's games that, that won't suit Bamford so I think this is a game that I would say suits Bamford and it's if he's confident and it's I'd like to see what we saw against Birmingham so yeah I, I would stick with those two and um, see how it goes you could bring Pirot he's a good, still a good player then you can bring him on if you need to and change it up um, I would also agree with the rest of your lineup from what you've said Um would you as well, Martin? Yeah, I think that's the lineup that it'll most likely be. And just touching a bit on Cardiff's position in the table, although they are ninth, the league is so close in that area of the table. I mean, from eight to seven teams, there's five points. So it's really close along the middle of the pitch, like it always is in the championship. The whole area is changeable. Anyone can finish anywhere at this point. So I think Cardiff, although they are relatively yeah. high at the moment, uh, that's borne off a very high performance from their set-piece XG primarily because it would have scored a lot less goals if not for those goals, in my opinion. So, yeah, although that could feasibly continue, it would be, be quite statistically unlikely for it to, to continue at the same rate. But, uh, however, I do still expect us to concede from a set-piece if we are to concede in this game. I was listening to the Not The Top 20 podcast yesterday and they were going through their prediction, like mid-season predictions and the way they were talking about the teams that might make the playoffs in the championships and it just carried on going. Like They went from fifth and they had to lay in like every team pretty much down to Sheffield Wednesday to, to see who might make the playoffs. So yeah, it's, it's mad how uh, close the league is. Martin, what do you expect watching this game of football will look like then? I'd expect us to dominate most of the, of the possession. Although Cardiff will have spells where they will possess the ball. And I'm hoping that we do a good job of pressing them and win the ball back in higher positions. That's something which we have struggled with against, I'd say, lesser opposition. It seems that we don't have too much struggle, too much trouble getting our press working in the bigger games. Um, albeit against Southampton, it was very bad. But since we sorted out the press after the Southampton game against like Leicester, it was much better. So, and but in other games where we've been playing against opponents who we may be underestimate a little bit in recent weeks the press hasn't looked as good so I'm hoping that it looks a lot better in this it should, definitely should be able to cause some problems because QPR's press cause them problems so if theirs can there's no reason why ours can't we've got a lot of fast players and capable pressers in our front line especially if we've got Bamford playing we've got a very capable line pressing unit with Dan James Bamford Routier and Somerville all four of those players are very good pressers not very good Bamford is the best of, of them all when it comes to pressing However, all the rest of them are still good at pressing. So if we are able to press them, then we should be able to do well turning over the ball in some situations. But I will expect them to go over it go over it quite frequently to try to find their big guys up front really, so they can get the ball and knock it down and, get, and try to get it from wide, wide area and then pop the ball into the box. So it's going to be a pretty traditional game again like against a team who aren't going to want to give us too much space to move into. They won't take too many risks. I don't think even at home, I don't think they will. I think they're the team who aren't afraid to dodge things up even in their own hometown. So yeah, that's how I think it's going to go. What about you, Hosty? Yeah, no, basically the same. I think we're probably going to see a lot of possession and then going to see Cardiff try and hit a long ball in in, in attack when, when they get it and try and get forward and out-muscle our, our defenders and then we're going to see them drop drop deep and be stodgy again whenever we get the ball. I think it's going to be down to how we can break them down and that's why I think when uh, using Bamford instead of uh, Ruter and Somerville as the outlets in this sort of game will probably probably help us. And finally, where will this game be won or lost, Hosty? 
yeah, I think I think basically kind of like what I alluded to. If if we've got Bamford and you know uh, Rodon and Schrauk, I think the centre half forward battle between both both teams is probably where it's going to be won and lost. Um, I think if we can get the better of Atete and we can then have Bamford get the better of uh, their centre backs, then yeah, you know that's that's where I think we're we're looking at the game being won or lost. And final word to you, Martin. Yeah, I think I agree with what Hostie was saying there. Also, I think that it's going to come down to whether we can break down their unit and get a goal early in the half. I think the longer this game goes, the more difficult it's going to be for us to get the win, and we don't want it to go that way. There has been games where Cardiff have given away a lot of XG to their opponent, and games like against Norwich, they gave away 3.4 XG and conceded three goals. Against Ipswich, 2.7. Southampton, 2.5. Middlesbrough, 2.2. Watford, 2. So there's a lot of teams who are who are good sides in that. So it is going to see that other teams haven't had too much of an issue creating against them. So I'm hoping that we can continue that and and do the same. But if we aren't able to and our recent issues with chance creation come back, then it may look a bit bad for us. Lovely stuff. So that brings to end the Cardiff preview. Uh, just a quick reminder that the website for our Patreon is patreon.com forward slash ASAW Patreon. We will be back potentially on Saturday with a Twitter spacer, so keep an eye out for that um, if we can get a couple of guys to have a look at the the lineup and just do a quick preview before the game. Uh, we'll do that, but if not, we will definitely be back next week with a review of this game. But until then, I will say thank you to Martin. Thank you, Sue Tom. Thank you to Hosty. Thank you very much, Stalder. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Bye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.